listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Here's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Tuesday, the 14th of November 2023. On Market Day, we'll speak with Nathan Somersandaram from Deep Data Analytics about the day's market action, including the Commonwealth Bank's latest profit numbers. But first to the Westpac Melbourne Institute Consumer Sentiment Index, which has returned to long-run lows. That's as the RBA's November rate rise hit confidence. So what does it say about the consumer as we head into the Christmas period? For that, I spoke with Westpac senior economist Matthew Hassan. Matt, so consumer sentiment is at near record lows. Why? What are consumers worried about? Two things are absolutely dominating. Um, the, the cost of living crisis and rising interest rates. You know, we've seen consumer sentiment at record lows or near record lows for nearly 12 months now. Um, that coincided with uh, the surge in inflation we had last year to a peak of 8% um, and the uh, aggressive interest rate tightening that we've seen through that period as well. The latest month, it's, it's returned again. You know, we sort of had the last couple of months some tentative signs that consumers were starting to become a little less pessimistic. Now, the RBA's November rate hikes really set that right back. Um, confidence has dropped back to those low levels, uh, bracing again for further interest rate rises and, and very weak in areas like the, the mortgage belt. So what does it likely mean for the all-important Christmas sales period, especially with uh, Black Friday sales just around the corner? Well, it's not a positive sign leading in uh, to the Christmas spending period. Um, you know, November is usually a pretty important guide uh, to how consumers are going to be, behave. The update this month is telling us that they're going to be looking to uh, scrimp and save. Uh, it's going to be an austere uh, Christmas spend, judging by sentiment. Um, and certainly when we ask consumers specifically about their plans around budgeting for Christmas gifts, 40% are planning to spend less than they were spent, spent last year. Um, so most looking to sort of penny pinch leading into Christmas, given that prices have been rising over the last year as well, you know, that points to outright uh, trimming of spending leading into Christmas. Not a positive sign at all, unfortunately. Do you have any data on maybe the demographic split? Because we've done a lot of stories about how mm -hmm. higher interest mm -hmm. rates aren't necessarily hitting everyone at, in the same way. For example, yep. those without a mortgage or those that are older that don't have these kind of um, um, pressures or that they are actually benefiting from higher interest rates are still spending? So it shows through a little bit when we ask those specific questions around family finances. So obviously the mortgage belt is the, the, the segment that's most concerned about rising interest rates. Um, but outside of that, when we look at higher income households, older age groups, households that own investment properties, uh, their views around family finances and whether it's a good time to spend to buy a major household item are a little bit more positive than across other segments. What's interesting, though, is that the other questions that feed into our index, uh, expectations around the, the wider economy, those groups tend to be more concerned about what's happening to the economy and, and particularly that medium to longer term view. They would have more memories of the problems we had in previous episodes of high inflation, the difficulty that uh, that can be involved with in bringing inflation back under control. And I think you know that's the other element that's come into play over the last month with the RBA restarting its interest rate tightening. Um, this may be a longer fight we have with bringing inflation down and, and some of those subgroups are very wary about how that can play out. And, and speaking of how they're feeling about looking forward into the economy in general terms, we've got the jobs numbers coming out on Thursday. How are they feeling about or how, how's, how are consumers well, in general feeling about the employment market? 
so look, they're, they're obviously, you know, they're under a lot of pressure with their family finances. They're, they're really wary about where that's headed over the next 12 months with high inflation and interest rate rises. They're less concerned about the economy and they're not particularly concerned about jobs. When we ask unemployment expectations, questions, it's a benign read we're getting. It's around about average, not particularly strong, but not particularly weak. So consumers think the labour market is still holding together relatively well, but they're really struggling when it comes to these day-to-day cost of living issues and the pressure that's putting on household incomes. And finally, you know, wrapping everything that you guys are seeing at Westpac in terms of the economy, we saw that rate rise from the RBA in November. What are you guys now expecting? Look, we, we think it's, a, it's going to be a, a finely balanced call from here. It's still obviously all about inflation and ensuring that inflation comes back to sub 3% reads in a timely fashion. And we're going to have to you know, wait and see how these next uh, few uh, inflation reads play out. And they're going to have a heavy bearing on uh, the RBA's decisions. On balance, we think they'll leave rates on hold from here uh, and they will take on board what we're seeing around the consumer, which is a very weak sentiment picture, a persistent picture of trimming of per capita spend and a weakening demand picture. And we think on balance that'll leave them to, lead them to leave rates on hold. Uh, but it's, a, it's an uncertain period. We've seen obviously in the last couple of months inflation hasn't been tracking in line with the RBA's expectations. And if anything, its tolerance for misses around inflation looks to be lower than it was a couple of months ago. So the next few meetings are still live, particularly February meeting next next year when we get the next quarterly update on inflation. And it's the primary objective is still around bringing inflation back under control. Uh, on balance, we think they'll be on hold, but it's going to be a pretty interesting few months. That's Matthew Hassan there from Westpac. Now to Telstra, which today said it is seeing some customer growth as a result of the Optus outage last week. Its CEO, Vicky Brady, revealed the details about it at the Telstra Investor Day today, and here's some of what she had to say. I mean, the first comment I just want to make is, um, I just want to be clear, I take and we take zero pleasure in seeing any competitor or operator experience major outages. So... Uh, in terms of what we've seen post last week's outage, um, as you might anticipate, yes, we've seen some increase in acquisition of customers. Um, and I know there's been some speculation about how large that could be. And I guess I would just um, go back to the cyber breach last year that occurred in the market. You know, as we spoke about post that, we saw some elevated acquisition levels for around a six-week period, but at the end of the day, there wasn't a significant shift in share in the market. So, look, it is early days. Um, we are continuing to see see um, some elevated levels of acquisition at the moment, but again, I just think um, you've got to put it in context of what we saw last year and, um, you know, uh, at this stage, I wouldn't anticipate major shifts in share Um, We're less than a week post the outage. Um, I think what it has reinforced for customers and particularly some of those larger government and enterprise customers is is probably a look at resilience. What sort of resilience have they got in place for their communications needs? Um, And so I know, you know, David and the team obviously are, are in pretty regular contact with our major customers and you know, top of that list is usually the resilience of um, services that we can provide. I think probably last week has been, has brought that to the top of the list for many organisations in the country. Vicky Brady there, the CEO of Telstra. 
Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. Let's take a look at the Australian share market today, which did rise. The S&P ASX 200 up 0.8%, 7,006 points. For more, I spoke with Mathan Somersandaram. He is the CEO of Deep Data Analytics. Uh, it's more the fact that we underperformed um, most global markets over the last couple of days. So we're getting a bit of a relief coming through. Um, and the overall global markets are waiting for what's going to come out of US, especially for inflation. Uh, we had some Chinese data that were relatively stable. Commodities had a bounce overnight. So those kind of things kind of helped our market today. Yeah, as you mentioned, commodities doing well. Those iron ore miners um, particularly well, the BHPs, your Ford Excuse, your Rios on the back of a high iron ore price. From my understanding, there's some commentary about optimism about China's property market but there are still some big concerns about China, right? What's your take? There's an optimistic China property story once every month, uh, and it's been basically been proven, uh, I suppose, not as optimistic uh, for pretty much the whole of 2023. Chinese uh, actively downgraded their property market. They did not want the property bubble that was hurting consumer spending, and it was hurting families from having more than one kid. So this was a longer-term play. So they pulled that down for two to three years. I don't see that they're going to suddenly go and pump that bubble up again and make it harder. So I think what they're doing more stimulating enough to keep the economy going, keep the consumer spending become a bigger part of their GDP. So it's a structural change they're trying to do. Uh, The property side of things, I mean, you can see from the property developers, they're in real trouble. So it's more of a I suppose, bailout of that system and try and keep that going without making it a messy output. Can I get your take on the banks? Um, yesterday we heard from ANZ, uh, a record cash profit of $7.4 billion. It pretty much wrapped up the bank reporting season. Um, today, though, we got an update from the Commonwealth Bank, uh, a quarterly cash profit of $2.5 billion, up 1% on the same time last year. While those numbers are big, the operating environment is becoming tougher for the banks, right? So what do you make of the CBA's results and the banking space at the moment? Yeah, CBA always attracts a, a, a premium to everyone else. Um, if you look at long-term trends, you can see CBAs outperformed everyone else by a country mile. Um, so that's what the market pays for. But in reality, most of the banks are now pretty similar. CBA is getting attacked by on all fronts. Uh, other banks are basically giving higher rates uh, on, on your deposit as well as lower mortgage rates trying to get customers. And CBA is losing customers. It's tough times. Margins are getting squeezed. And even if the RBA is you know, holds on rates a lot lower than on a global market. Their global borrowing is still high. So the margin squeeze is real. Their bad debt provisions have held out a lot longer than what the market thought. I suspect that's going to get squeezed in the next 12 months, and the market knows that. So I think the banks are probably as good good as they've had. Um, I suspect over the next 12 to 18 months, no matter how you play it out, um, things are going to get tougher. And when market starts talking about rate cuts, that usually means the economy is going to slow down, things are going to get harder, not good for banks. Um, Telstra today reconfirmed its financial guidance for, for FY24. Um, I just listened to the Investor Day briefing from uh, Vicky Brady, who said that, yes, they are benefiting from the um, uh, the Optus outage, but not in a significant way. What's your take on all of that and, and the potential benefits for Telstra? It's a, it's a huge brand improvement. Uh, it helps them... Uh, look, they're the, uh, you know, the, you're becoming the, the better street, better house on a bad street. Um, telecommunication sector has got a bad rep, rep over the years. Optus is going from data breach to shutdown. 
Um, and a lot of people didn't even know how it affected them from small business to transport to hospitals. So, you know, I think the advantage of now people looking at going multiple platforms to have a backup unit will help Telstra even from Optus customers. So I think it's positive for them. They're doing the right things. Uh, I think Telstra looks pretty good for us. We like it. We've been in it since, you know, around 275. And we see no reason to get out of Telstra. It's a good investment in this cycle. If you're excited about work from home, if you're excited about AI, if you're excited about anything tech, you need the infrastructure to connect you. And after what's happened at Optus, you know, Telstra doesn't need to do much to show that they're a cut above. Nathan Somersandaram there from Deep Data Analytics. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.